Welcome to Real Faith. You're listening to Faith FM Radio, and it's uh, it's actually not with Robbie and Beck today, unfortunately for, uh, or fortunately, I suppose. You know, that sounded <laughs> well, really bad, didn't okay. it? <laughs> I kind of meant unfortunately for Beck. She's not able to be here. She's down at the snow on a oh. holiday, so maybe it's unfortunate for us. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if Beck was here and we could be on holidays? But you're here with Robbie and Lawson. Yeah, of course. So excited to have you. It's that sounded bad, but I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, I love it. And I put like, my foot in my mouth all the time. It's unfortunate for Beck because she doesn't come get to come here and hang out with, with the Lawson, Faith FM that's listeners. Right. Um, hang out with me. Yeah, um, of course, those listening, you might have heard me on the morning show a couple of times. Been around, been around the the block, but this is the first time I've been in the uh, the, the evening, afternoon. In the show. afternoon, yeah, in the afternoon. No, King. we're super excited. So. Super excited uh, about having Lawson on the show. We've been friends for quite a long time now, yeah. actually, a number of years. Yeah. And uh, it's been really cool to just be on the journey with you, watching you grow and develop in some cool Praise things, man. Mm. And uh, we're going to hear a bit more about that today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be sharing a little bit of, bit of my story. Yeah. Avid Faith FM listeners might have heard me speak, but probably a long time ago. On, that's all right. A lot of them probably journey. were listening in the morning and not in the afternoon. So <laughs> that's all right. So I was super excited to hear a bit more about that. But how are you going, Lawson? Tell us um, a bit more. Oh, man, how am I going? I'm doing great. Um, unfortunately, um, my uni break is wrapping up. I've been though, I've been super blessed. We've had like a six-week uni break. That's nice. So that's... I've also had that, but it has not been much of a break. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, for me, I've just been incredibly blessed to, you know, in this time I've been taking off, um, helping out with my church, just doing a bunch of work for those guys and and um, with those guys and, and being able to, you know, do Bible studies with people, kind of take up the mantle as, as a Bible worker, which is what I was doing last year, um, teaching people the Bible and, and being really involved and active in my church. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. But, you know, then that'll come to an end and then I'll be back into full-time study, which for me as a theology student is, again, like just full-time church yeah. and God stuff. So I'm super blessed, man. What, what about you, Robbie? What, what's going on for you, man? How are you? Oh, man. Well, well. after after last week's radio show, I actually went rock climbing and I hurt my neck. So I've been, oh. Oh. <laughs> I've been super rock? stiff for the last like week and uh, <laughs> praise the Lord for physio. So been Amen. getting some assistance yes. from physio and uh, not on any more anti-inflammatories at the moment. Mm, Still a bit stiff, good. but getting better. So that's exciting that's that awesome. there's a bit of change happening there. But yeah, life is good, and uh, just Man. I just got a tip that there's a great vegan vegetarian restaurant in Newcastle that I'm taking yes, my wife out to for dinner yes, tonight. Yes, yes, So shout out to everybody. I'll tell you next week if it was any good, <laughs> and uh, Lawson highly recommends it. So if she's listening, she's just gotten a little bit of a tip. Oh, yeah. But anyway, that's what we're doing, and we've got a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to be continuing our God is My Judge series through the narrative chapters of Daniel, and we're up mm. to Daniel chapter 4, and we'll be finding out whether or not King Nebuchadnezzar is going to respond to God's intervention in his life. So that's coming up for us. This is Gaither Vocal Band, I'm Gonna Sing. I'm gonna sing just as long as it takes for a song to make sad, heavy spirits free. I'm gonna keep making music that carries the secret that Jesus is liberty. I'm gonna turn off the sound that would drag people down to the pit of despondency. With a sweet happy tune, he is coming soon for his children like you and me. It's a song that'll carry a message along through the dentist of foggy nights. And a tune is the rope that can throw a man hope when he's going down for the third time. It's a sweet melody that can cut your heart free from the chains of a past defeat. 
You can suddenly see through the sweet harmony A path for your wandering feet I'm gonna sing just as long as it takes For a song to make sad, heavy spirits free I'm gonna keep making music that carries the secret That Jesus is liberty I'm gonna turn off the sounds that would drag people down To the pit of despondency With a sweet happy tune he is coming soon For his children like you and me Don't tell me the world is a hopeless old place And I might as well just give in To the doom and gloom life's a waiting room For the blow that'll do us all in I can't sympathize when before my eyes Is a hope shining bright as day I gotta follow the song that keeps drawing me on With my feet dancing all the way I'm gonna sing just as long as it takes For a song to make sad, heavy spirits free I'm gonna keep making music that carries the secret That Jesus is liberty I'm gonna turn off the sounds that would drag people down To the pit of despondency With a sweet, happy tune he is coming soon For his children like you Sad, heavy spirits free I'm gonna keep making music That carries the secret That Jesus is liberty I'm gonna turn off the sounds That would drag people down To the pit of despondency With a sweet happy tune He is coming soon For his children like you and me Yeah, with a sweet happy tune He is coming soon For his children like you and me Oh, welcome back to Real Faith. Here I am laughing and coughing in the, into the microphone. Sorry, everyone. Um, I just want to remind you guys, there is 1.5 meters here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. That's right. Lost and safe. Lost <laughs> and safe. It's okay. Um, but just before we get into our weird and wonderful world segment, health mm. edition at the moment, yes. uh, I just wanted to remind you, if you're listening, that you can actually call in or text in with any burning Bible questions that you've got. Mm. And uh, by the way, that's not topical. That's just, you know, if you've got something you want to learn about, you've got some question about the Bible or a question about God, we just want to encourage you. We'd love to hear from you. You can call in at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text in at 0491-064-669. Or you can hit us up on our Faith FM Facebook page. Yeah. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So, today for What a Weird and Wonderful World, Health Edition, mm. we're going to be talking about fats. Yes. Fats. Now, isn't that an interesting thing? Like, everyone's probably going, oh, no, well, this is bad news. <laughs> but we're actually going to be talking about good fats. Yes. So, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say good fats, Lost? Avocado. Avocado. Straight up. Like, oh, man, I the best. That's it. actually my favorite food in the whole world. Really? Avocado is my favorite thing. Oof. Favorite oh, thing. What, what's, like, your style? Oh, you, you mix it with garlic. 
Oh, wow. And lemon or lime. Wow. Salt. Mm-hmm. And you make guac with it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Guacamole. Yes. The best. And if I, you want to get real fancy, you add chili, you add coriander, you add tomato, onion. Yeah. And uh, chili. I'm all chili. about like <laughs> smashed av and olive oil and salt. Oh, on, that's on good. toast. Oh, like, yeah. Amazing. So good. So good. Okay, so a couple of things. First thing is there are two major like categories of fats in yes. terms of food. You've got saturated fats uh-huh. and you've got unsaturated fats. Yes. So we could get into the, the, a lot of details about those, but the first thing we want to point out to you is that saturated fats are unhealthy fats. Yes. Right? So when you go and you, you read a, a label of lollies and it says 99% fat-free, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good, does it? Yeah. <laughs> right? So... <laughs> Because it's like that 1% is like a killer. Like. <laughs> Probably because it's just sugar and, and, you know, whatever's in jelly. Mm. Gelatin. That's the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But s- saturated fats are largely found in animal products. Yes. So meats, poultry, fish, dairy, eggs. These are the places where you're going to find the unhealthy fats. Mm. And they tend to clog up your arteries. They're high in cholesterol. Now, did you know that cholesterol is actually an animal product it's it's not found in any plant-based foods Mm. so if you are going to try and get some lowering of your cholesterol you want to avoid animal fats Mm -hmm. but you've got some stuff to tell us about oh yeah fats and adrenal glands so hit us with it yes unsaturated fats is specifically to the the effect of the adrenal gland so if you don't know what the adrenal gland is um it's a gland uh that is located on top of the kidney which um regulates a bunch of hormones um specific some specifically relating to sex um but the main one that it regulates is this hormone called cortisol Cortisol. Yes. Now, cortisol is something that's really, really important to know about um, because it essentially is something that comes out when we're very highly stressed. Mm. Um, it's something like cortisol is a response that, that we have, like the, the releasing of cortisol to, yeah, high stress on the body and especially a lack of sleep. So something that often happens is uh, people fall into adrenal fatigue. Um, where the adrenal gland is just pumping out cortisol in response to just general fatigue, like they're really overworking themselves. Then the body is pumping out cortisol and a a really unfortunate, like really negative effect of that is usually like weight gain and a couple of other Mm. really just non-beneficial bodily responses. But what unsaturated healthy fats, specifically like from um, fruit foods like avocado, do to um, the adrenal gland is it really like fuels the adrenal gland. It's like one of the most like those unsaturated fats are like what the adrenal gland like feeds off of. It's like steroids to your adrenal gland. And when you get it really working again out of an uh, like out of a stressed space into an unstressed space you're producing less cortisol which is then regulating your weight better and your body then has more opportunity to produce hormones like testosterone which actually leads to weight loss so in terms of health amazing yeah it's like if you want to like boost if you're on like a weight loss thing if you're like going to the gym all the time if you up increase your intake of unsaturated fats and omega-3s especially in like avocado um you'll start to find that weight falling off you because your adrenal gland will be in really really good shape now that's great stuff to know now now but be mindful everyone that you do have to do this in in moderation moderation so you still want to have a relatively low fat diet right you still want to have a diet with you know between probably about seven to fifteen percent of your diet consisting of fat but healthy fats not animal Mm. fats um, you mentioned omega-3s, and I just wanted to say that omega-3 fatty acids 
are one of the most crucial things for mental health, actually. Yeah, wow. And so you need this. It gives you a sense of well-being, vigor, energy, better reaction times, better mm. attention. People who have high omega-3 fatty acids in the diet score better on tests. It decreases anger. It has the same clinical um, adjustment as antidepressants, but wow. with no side effects. So where can you get omega-3 fatty acids? You can get them from flaxseed, chia seeds, walnuts, hemp seeds, greens, soybeans, avocado, capsicum, red capsicum. These are great sources of omega-3 fatty acids. So get those good fats and get them in to your body. 100%. This is Arise Alumni, and this song is called Arise. From distant lands and across the seas God called us together as a family In breaking of bread and daily fellowship In doctrine and prayer we became equipped Arise, shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee Now is the time to live for God's kingdom By the Spirit and a single goal To share the gospel and to save lost souls Arise, shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee Now is the time to live for God's kingdom To heal the broken hearts and set the captives free For us to part We'll keep the memories Stored within our hearts Arise, shine For your light is come And the glory of the Lord Is risen upon thee Now is the time To live for God's kingdom To heal the broken hearts And set the captives free Welcome back to Real Faith on Faith FM with Robbie and Lawson. You Stoked to have you guys here. Just a reminder, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask, you've got any curiosities about the Bible, mm. Bible questions, you can send those in for our Question of the Day segment, which will be happening later in the show by calling 1-800-324-843. That's mm. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or dial, you can text in at 491 or hit us up on our Facebook page. Mm. 
So we've come to one of my favorite parts of the show. This is our testify segment mm. where we have an opportunity for someone to share and testify or make proclamation about mm. what God has done in their life. Amen. And so we just would like to hear a little bit more about what God has done in your life, Lawson. So first mm. of all, where are you from and how old are you? Yeah, so uh, my name is Lawson. I am 21 years old and I'm actually from the Newcastle area. I'm really fortunate to be from here. I love Newcastle. Um, super stoked that we get to run the show out of here. Um, but yeah, just love this place. It's awesome. And so I don't know what aspect of your story, I've heard bits of it before, mm. uh, you'd like to share, but basically just... How did you come to know Jesus, or what is an experience where God has demonstrated his faithfulness to you? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, yeah, when it comes to my story and me and coming to know Jesus, I, you know, being like an 18-year-old, like now I'm 21, but when I was, by the time I was 18, I was like doing Bible work for the church. I was like just um, having this awesome experience with God um, where I just given my life to him and, and working for him. And a lot of people saw me in that position. They're like, man, this must be some like through and through Christian kid, grew up in the church. Um, but that wasn't my experience at all. I came from a very um, secular home. Um, um, both of my parents, especially my on my dad's side, like very, very secular, like no faith, no church in the home. My mom's side is, is nominally Catholic. Um, but ultimately that kind of led to me growing up. No idea about God, no idea about um, religion. I just kind of, yeah, brush it off. I saw it in pop culture and I was like, yeah, it's kind of whack. Like, I'll just do me. Um, and I, I could afford to do that because the biggest thing in my life growing up was that I used to be a motorbike racer. Mm. Um, and I said that and people were like, oh, cool. Um, and yeah, it was really cool. Um, I was really, really talented in my writing which it, it just kind of come naturally to me and by the time I was 15 um it was kind of a blur all of a sudden I was 15 years old and I was a six-time national Australian champion and um was kind of living the motorbike life and I was like this is this is everything to me this is this is my entire existence um and at that point at 15 uh, I moved over to Spain um me and my at first my mom and then my older sister um, hopped on a plane and I moved to Madrid and I was there to for two years to race the Junior World Championship of, um, of yeah, motorcycle racing. If there are any motorbike fans out there, um, just to, yeah, make it specific, I was racing Moto3, so like road bikes, like street bikes, um, before I could even, I was even old enough to get a license to race, to like ride a motorcycle on the road. Um, yeah, I was racing overseas on these road bikes and riding around at you know 250 kilometers an hour and and um that was my entire life um but then unfortunately due to a number of different circumstances that came up uh specifically i had some falling throughs with my sponsorship um and then my parents going through divorce and then bankruptcy within a few months uh after you know the end of 2015 around the start of 2016 um, my motorbike career just kind of came crashing down and that was so, so heavy on me. That was like such a, such a weight on my life. Um, I just kind of reflected all of that onto myself and I, my conclusion was that, oh man, I must be a terrible failure um, and I mustn't be good enough. And I really struggled and wrestled with that for a while. This idea of not being good enough, of um, yeah, of being a failure. I kind of was like, oh man, I'm like washed up motorbike rider, even though I'm like, you know, 17 years old. And that just kind of led further and further and further and heavier and heavier and heavier into just this really gnarly depression um, mm. that kind of um, hit rock bottom when I um, attempted 
and I went through that and come out the other side. Um, and yeah, I, I ended up in a, in a hospital for six weeks, um, in a, in a mental, in a mental institution being medicated and, and looked after and whatnot. And, um, then coming out of that, I moved into a new house um, with my sister. And the next day, I got a knock on my door. Literally uh, the next day. The, literally the next day, I got a knock on my and door. God, it's got its and I opened the door and there were these two girls standing there and they're like, hey, Lawson, you're really cool. Do you want to hang out with us? And I was like, yes, because I'm 17 and two cute girls asked me to hang out with them. <laughs> um, and that started this kind of, I guess, group um friendship with these young Seventh-day Adventists. Okay, so you met these two Christian girls at your door. Yeah. And um, yeah, I met these two Christian girls at the door and I was like, yeah, they asked me to go to dinner with them. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, I kind of stumbled into this group of just young people who just loved and cared about each other. And I think um, my biggest question, um, which was like, you know, am I a failure? Is my life really worth it if I've, if I've you know, um, stuffed up like can that be solved and through Jesus it was like that that was my experience like through Jesus like I really just found that meaning and found that purpose that I thought that I had lost and I wish I could talk some more but we'll find yeah. out a bit more about that after we come back from a break with the news so don't stress too much we'll hear a bit more this is Stones of Eden back this way
listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory share. Turn your eyes down low. And listen to the master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Brother, listen in to the glory land chorus. Listen to the glad hosannas roll. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Get a little taste of joy awaiting. Get a little heaven in your soul. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music. Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Lawson. So we've just been sharing, well, hearing from, I guess, Lawson's been sharing Mm. a bit of his story. And so far, you were on top of the world, essentially. You were riding motorbikes overseas. Mm. All of that fell apart. Mm -hmm. You wound up in a mental health ward for six weeks. And then the day after you got out, you met two Christian girls and started to go on this journey with Jesus. Yeah, essentially. Tell us more about that part of the story. I think, like... One of the things that I was really lacking in my life was contentment. I was just like, I'm not content because I, I felt as though I'd, I'd failed. And and being uncontent in life is just like, it's the ruin. Like, you can't possibly be happy when you're not content. Um, and I think that I just saw this group of young people who were content and were happy. And I just saw they had something different. And I was like, what what is this that... Why can they enjoy life so much? Um, what makes them different from me? And uh, inadvertently, my, my question was answered um, the first time I ever went to church. Yeah. So the first time I ever went to church, it was essentially like someone's house. It was a house church. And I got invited and I was really, really hungover from the night before. And I was just, because I'd just been at home drinking. I, like I was really struggling with alcoholism at the time. And... Um, I was hungover, and I got this text on my phone from this young guy named Moses that you you would know. I Robbie. used to live with Moses, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Wow, funny. I didn't know this part of the story. Okay, so Moses texts me. He's like, hey, man, we're, like, getting together to hang out at this house. Like, there's going to be food. And I checked my phone, and I swear, like, the word food was just illuminated because yeah. I was just <laughs> so hungover. I'm like, man, I need sustenance big time. So, um, you know, still recovering in, in my condition. I jumped in the car, and... Um, drove over to this house, rocked up and get out of the car and walk in the door and sit down. And they're like, hey, Lawson, so glad that you're here. Um, you know, so happy to have you. We're just going to get together and sing now. And I was like, oh, singing. And they start singing <laughs> a cappella, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. 
And like, honestly, like it was the worst and not because their singing was bad, but it was just because I was really hungover. I'm like, what am I doing here? What's the point? Like, I don't have to be friends with these people. Yeah, they're really nice. Um, but something really spoke to my heart at that point. And it was like, Lawson, look, like, you know, these guys, they're really good to you. They're really good friends. And you know that they have something that you don't. You just listen to what they have to say. And um, we did a Bible study that was led by Joseph and it was on the character of Mephibosheth yeah. in the Bible. And um, Mephibosheth is like, he's the grandson of Saul. He's like lame in the legs. And when David becomes the king, the normal practice is, because it's a new line taking over the kingdom, the normal practice is that you kill everyone from the old line because it's essentially a mutiny. Um, but instead of doing that, um, David takes Mephibosheth in as his own son and Mephibosheth eats at his table, even though he's in the wrong line, even though he's like lame in the legs and social outcast and super messed up. And the message that Joseph drew out of that was like the same way that David takes Mephibosheth in, even though he's not good enough, Jesus takes us in. And I was like, struggling so hard in my life with this question of, am I good enough? You know, I, I feel like I failed. I feel like I'm not good enough. Um, and I was asking and asking and it was like, wow, because of Jesus and, you know, the, the worth that he prescribes on me because he is so loving and he is so great that he would die for me to take me in. Well, then I, I am valuable. I am worth it. And, and, um, I kind of found an answer to my question in that way. And from there, that really started my journey with Christ of like, I want to get to know Jesus better because he is just offering so much. And how could anyone offer me so much um, if they didn't love and care about me? Mm. And since then, you know, like I said, um, I, I went um, and did... Um, this course called Arise um, became a Bible worker, Bible work for three out of, years out of that in, in some different capacities as a volunteer and then full time. Um, and then eventually this year, you know, I'm doing my degree in theology. I'm studying to essentially be a pastor. And ultimately, my experience has been time and time again, uh, like time and time again has been like Jesus has just worked in my life and worked in my heart. And has made me good enough in a sense. Like mm. I've come up to so many challenges, so many things that I'm just like, man, I can't do this. Yet God has made provision for me. Um, and like probably the, and you asked before, share an experience that really highlights that. Probably the A1 um, experience of that would be this year studying Um at university, you know, I dropped out of school in year nine um, or just after completing year nine to go and race motorcycles overseas, you know. So I have a year nine education, which according to the Australian government is like nothing. Um, and at the start of this year, I was very convicted, like I should go and get my university degree. But I was like, look, I, I don't have anything that qualifies me to go to university. And, um, but then it come up, it's like, oh, you can do a mature age student test. And if you fail, then it's like you fail and, you know, you just, no. Um, but if you pass, <laughs> then it's like, oh, you can go into like general studies, um, like DGS and, and you can or do a cert four or something, make up, you know, in either six months or a year. But I went and did this test, um, the mature age student test, and I scored in the top 5% of anyone who has ever done the test. Wow, praise and the, immediately praise God for that, man. got into my 
tertiary university degree from a year nine education. Now, I'm not saying this to like gas myself up and say like, oh man, I'm so smart. I'm so amazing because I'm not. Uh, you know, I make so many mistakes. I fall so short. Yet, because of the work that Jesus has been doing in my heart over the last four years that I've been a Christian, I've been able to follow his calling and he's continually made provision for me. And and um, that's just, you know, now I've, I've gotten through my first semester of uni. I've you. passed all my subjects and um, just truck it along with my degree and I'm loving it. And um, I get to see Robbie um, every now <laughs> and again. Um, but essentially, yeah, um, that is like the underlying underscoring message of my faith journey is just that like we as human beings, we aren't good enough. We fall so short, yet Jesus is so graceful and merciful and he consistently and constantly makes up for that. And he's mm. just done that in my life. He has made me more than I am, not only to be able to achieve, but also in a in a real sense, in a moral sense of like, who am I as a person? I am something more because of the work Jesus has done. So, so yeah, that's basically, that's, that's it. That's, that's my, awesome, that's my man. testimony. No, thank you so much for sharing Lawson. And, I know that that hits me sideways and talks into my experience and mm. the, that question that I think so many of us wrestle with of identity. Mm. Am I, who am I? Yes. Who am I? Mm. And Jesus resoundingly says, I'll take you in. Yes. Amen. I'll make something of you that you couldn't ever imagine that I could make of you. Isn't that amazing? You know what? Like this sounds a lot like Daniel chapter four. It does. Well, that's a great transition. <laughs> well done. So uh, we're going to, we're going to come back in a moment to, Jump into Daniel chapter four. So hang on to your hats and glasses. It's going to be a wild ride. It's awesome. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Awesome. Welcome back to Real Faith. That was a really short break, but (laughs) it was long enough. And just a reminder, guys, if you've got any Bible questions, Mm. you know, whether that be a question of identity or something else, please uh, feel free to call in and Send your Bible questions in yes. for our question of the day portion. You can do that at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Mm. Or you can text in at 491 or our Facebook page. Mm. So we're going to get right into it. So Daniel chapter 4, this is the last chapter featuring Nebuchadnezzar. And I'm going to get you, Lawson, to read for us just the first two verses. Sure. Um, let's read in Daniel chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell on in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. Okay, question. Yes. Who is writing the first section here of Daniel chapter 4? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, let that sink in. Let that yes. really sink in. This is a pagan emperor Mm -hmm. of the world yes right this is the leader of the babylonian people who are Mm -hmm. a pagan nation this guy is not a jewish person Mm -hmm. he's writing about something and it's Mm -hmm. in the bible yes and it's actually written in his language yeah like not many people know that now check this out what what did he say there that was so significant like uh, verse two man like i thought it'd be good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. For who? For me. Isn't that for pro- Nebuchadnezzar? Oh, so profound, right? Mm. I love this. And one thing that sticks out to me is 
something has changed for Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. He's had an interaction with God in chapter two, mm-hmm. and he says, whoa, let's offer incense to Daniel because your God is the revealer of secrets. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter three, he builds his own statue. My kingdom's going to last forever, not what God said. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kill these Jewish people for uh, standing up against me and not worshiping what I've said to worship. And then he makes a transition in that chapter, and he says, hey, anybody who speaks ill of this God, mm-hmm. They're going to be cut in pieces, mm-hmm. right? But somewhere between then and here, something has happened. Yes. And he's now acknowledging, and I love this. This is a point that we're going to come back to, I think. But when you have an experience, a real experience with the true God, and he does something for you in your life, it leads to proclamation. Yes. Right? So here's yes. Neb, old Neb, King <laughs> Neb, and he says, God's dumped something in my life that I'm about to tell you, so I thought it was good that I'd start to declare mm-hmm. what God has done for me. I love how like Daniel, as the writer of the book of Daniel, gives Nebuchadnezzar that platform. Isn't that amazing? Like, I, th- I think it really speaks to the ability that anyone has to proclaim and testify. Like we can get a little bit hung up in this idea of like, oh, we're called to to different things. And 100% we are, you know. Um, But ultimately, like, if Nebuchadnezzar, as you introduced him before, like the pagan king of Babylon was able to write in the Bible about how God had worked and changed in his his life, like, so does anyone else. Um, And yeah, it just... Again, it really, it really resonates with me and kind of something that I shared um, in, in my story is this idea of like, it doesn't matter what you've been through or what you've gone through or how f- short you've fallen, God has the ability to make provision for you. That's right. Like, think about this guy, like pagan king, like, and he's the one who's getting to write in the Bible in his own language. Like, this is the only time where um, in the book of Daniel, it's, you know, the majority of the Old Testament is Hebrew, the New Testament is Greek, and then in the book of Daniel, it's written in Aramaic f- because of Nebuchadnezzar. Like, mm. this is amazing. God using someone who has just opened his heart up to him. Totally, man. Incredible. Totally. All right, well, let's keep reading because there's so much good stuff in this. So let's read mm. verse 3 through verse 9. Sure. Um, Daniel chapter 4, starting in verse 3. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation i nebuchadnezzar was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace i saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me therefore i issued a decree to bring all the wise men of babylon before me that they may might make known to me the interpretation of the dream Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me, his name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, in him is the spirit of the holy God, and I told him the dream, told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, king of, chief of magicians, because I know that the spirit of God, of the holy God, is in you, and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. I love this, right? So notice the first thing that he says in, in verse 3 just blows my mind. He's like, God's kingdom mm. is an everlasting kingdom. Yes. He's like, before he was, but when he sets up the gold statue, he's yes. essentially trying to say, my kingdom is an everlasting yes. kingdom. And now he's like, no, 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 no. No, no, God's kingdom is everlasting. Yes. His dominion is forever. Mm-hmm. 
there's a recognition now, mm. which takes place essentially after this story because you don't write about mm-hmm. it, something that's happened until after it's happened. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But he's saying that God has done something big and this God is the God. Mm-hmm. I love it. And so, but isn't it interesting that he's already had experiences where God has revealed himself, right? Mm. But here, he's going back to his, his pagan way of, of seeking out for the soothsayers, the astrologies, the pagan deities. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get the information back from them. Notice, he doesn't call Daniel. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Like, who, isn't he the first person you'd be calling at this stage? This is like, you read this, it's very familiar language. It's like... <laughs> Daniel it's chapter like, 2? It's like, yeah, you're reading it, it's like, did, the they, did my Bible just reprint Daniel chapter 2 here? That's like, right. He calls the, the, the astrologers, the soothsayers. Um, and it's again, like, I think this is indicative of, of what's about to happen in this story and kind of where Nebuchadnezzar's heart is at. Like, he's writing this from the perspective of past tense and that's where he's saying, like, God is so good, God is so great. But in this moment, when he's calling for the astrologers, the soothsayers, he's still on that journey with God. So it's it's a heavy place, but we're going to see what happens to him because it's amazing. That's it. This is the Integrity Singers. It is well with my soul.
<laughs> Welcome back to Real Faith. Man, there's so many things that happen off air that are so funny that you, yeah. I don't know what to say about it anymore. Anyway, welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Lawson. We are in Daniel chapter four. Mm. We're up to verse 10. Yes. And Nebuchadnezzar is about to tell Daniel what the dream was. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into that, just a reminder that if you have any Bible questions, we'd love to hear from you. Um, any spiritual questions, you can call in at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text in at 0491-064-669. And um, you can hit us up on the Facebook page. My producer's looking at me with death stares because of something that's happened before. Anyway, <laughs> you got to just love it and move on. Yeah, All right, so Daniel chapter 4, verse 10. And if you could just read, let's read up through verse 13. Yeah, sure. And so we'll break the dream up into a couple of little sections. All right. Um, Daniel chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches, and all the f- and all flesh was fed from it. All right, so what's going on in this dream so far? So he sees a tree. A tree. And a it's not just any tree. tree. That's right. It's a huge tree. It says the tree's so big that all the animals of the earth find their shade in it. Yes. It's feeding all the animals of the yes. earth. And so this is a big mm-hmm. tree, mm-hmm. right? Like I imagine it's like... Bigger than the tree in Avatar or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, wow, wow. This yeah. is a huge tree. <laughs> bigger than Tarzan's tree. Yeah. Right? And he sees that and everything's fed by this tree. Mm-hmm. In other words, this tree is giving sustenance and shade and protection to the world. Yes. All right. Let's keep reading. Let's read up through verse 16. Verse 13, the Bible says, I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruits. Let the beasts get out from under it and its and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth, bound with a bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given a heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. Okay, super interesting. Mm. I don't know if you picked that up while you're driving, but did you guys hear? Did you hear that it changed from it, it, it to him, yes. him, him? Mm-hmm. A very specific change. So it's talking about the tree and what's, what's going on with the tree now? So it's, it's been chopped up. It's like being reduced down to a stump. Um, everything that it had going for it, it was a big tree. It supported many things. It no longer has. Mm. Um, and then as it transfers into this, like from it to him, um, it's like, and let him, um, grace with the beast and, um, on the grass of the earth and have his heart change from the heart of a man to the heart of a beast. Isn't this interesting? Mm. Super fascinating what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I'd just like to make a note here before I forget, we're going to find out what the tree represents or it sounds like who the tree represents. And I have a feeling that some of you might be picking up what yeah. the Bible's putting down right here. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I think is fascinating is years ago, I went to a friend's house and his auntie asked us to prune the bushes, mm-hmm. right? Now, in my mind, pruning looks like this. Let me just snip that little 
leaf there and snip that little branch that's out and I'll just make the, the bush look pretty on the outside. And I remember he came over and I looked over at the bush that my friend was pruning because he had experience and I had none. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd like chopped off all these branches yeah. and the, the, the bush looked like a naked, spindly, dead, <laughs> dead bush. And he basically told me, well, if all you do is trim off these little green bits to make it look nice, what's going to happen is that the, the branches are going to try and use all of their energy to reproduce those little bits and it's going to actually rob the tree of real growth mm. and bearing real fruit. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I need to cut all of these excess things off so that the, the branches are going to grow from the places that wow. need to grow. Mm. And that's what I see in this picture. Whatever he's talking about, this tree's bearing lots of fruit. It's doing all of this stuff. But he says, no, 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 this watcher from heaven or this angel from heaven comes and declares, this thing needs to be chopped down. It needs to mm. be seriously pruned. Yes. Because it's not growing in the way it needs to grow. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That's powerful. And oh man, this is gonna oh, we just gonna wait. blow our minds. Oh, so wait, keep reading. Hey, so that's awesome. So who is this tree? Is what we're gonna try and find out here shortly. And praise the Lord that many of these prophecies in the Bible, well, really all the prophecies in the Bible, the Bible gives us ways to understand yes. from itself so what good. those things mean. And I love that because mm. it's gonna tell us exactly what the tree was in <laughs> yeah. a moment. So let's keep reading seventeen and eighteen. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of man, gives it whomever he will and sets over the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. All right, so what's going on here? Essentially, he's, he's like, explains the end of the dream, which is that, um, like, he's like, yes, this is something that's come from God. And then he's like, and Daniel, because I know that it's something that has come from the most high God of heaven, you should be able to explain it because you're a worshiper of the most high God of heaven. You're his representative before me. Isn't that interesting? And you know, something that just struck me is sometimes this is what's expected of Christians, right? Mm. Like if I call myself a follower of Jesus, there are going to be people who are inevitably going to come into my world, into my life and have questions about God. And they're going to ask me to explain why is it that you believe what you believe? Tell me what God's trying to show me something here. And what is it that he's trying to say? Mm. Which I think gives those of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus real impetus to say, we probably need to continue growing with God all the time mm. and learning more and understanding his character better through experience and through study of the word and through witnessing and yes. sh- serving so that we can actually have an answer to give. And the Bible actually says that. Be ready in season and out of season to give an answer for the hope that's in you. Something that I found, like those experiences are nearly like, it's like addictive in a way in in this sense that like when someone comes to you and asks you a question like, you when you don't have the answer it's tough it's like from the perspective of when you can feel in it not in it of yourself it's like man if i could have studied more if i could understand this i could give this person a really really good answer for what i believe um but then you have that experience and someone comes to you and asks that you a question you answer their their question and it leads to them growing in in their faith or in their journey wherever they're at they might be a non-believer or 
what, whatever, when they grow in that journey and you see that, it's like, whoa, I need this. Like, I need to be able to do this for people. And this, as you were saying, like, God, this is something that God, I believe, has really called us to do. And, um, yeah, when we can answer those people's questions, like, we are doing such a mighty work for heaven. So we may as well just become more and more... Um, yeah studious of the word so that we can answer people's questions and as daniel here like we've seen so far through daniel's life um how studious he is how committed to his god he is you know when you read in daniel chapter one and and chapter two how he's just consistently coming to god and and asking god to reveal to him and and to grow him that's because of situations like this that's right because daniel knows it's like when nebuchadnezzar comes like when these pagans come to me, I'm going to be able to give them an answer that's going to change their life. Isn't that amazing? Mm. And I think it's amazing too because it's not just like a theoretical head knowledge. He's willing to actually, he's willing to die, mm. right? He's put his life on the line yes. for God mm-hmm. multiple times already in the story. Like he's been at risk, right? Yeah, yeah. He and his friends have demonstrated that faithfulness. It's not just, a, it's just, not just head knowledge. It's real heart knowledge that's mm-hmm. turned into life application, right? Yes. And that's, a, that's an important thing. Because you can have all the theoretical knowledge in the world, but that doesn't equate necessarily to a real walk with Jesus, yeah, right? Amen. So I love that. It's so cool. Mm. All right, let's continue. So the, I'm I'm curious what's going to happen. Actually, I I, I already know what's going to happen, but I'm excited to reread it. <laughs> so let's keep reading. So let's read verse 19, mm. and then we're going to read what the interpretation of the dream is. But 19 mm. on its own is just a powerful verse. So let's mm. read that, and then we'll get through the rest. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. Now, this is a really weird response for Daniel to have, Mm. right? Like, here's the king. He tells you the dream. Now, remember, remember, Nebuchadnezzar is the guy who just in the chapter before tried to kill your friends that God miraculously saved from a burning oven, Mm. right? This is the guy who sentenced you and all the wise men to death just two chapters ago. This is the guy who came and stormed your city, destroyed your people and took you as a slave and probably castrated you to make you a eunuch to be in his temple court, right? Mm -hmm. This is that guy. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, you might have a little bit of fear, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially if God's revealed to you what this means, and it sounds like it's not good news, yeah. right? Because he's like, he's astonished. Yeah. He says he's astonished for time, but I love this. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar has gained enough faith that he recognizes that Daniel is a representative of God wow. and that whatever's mm. come through is going to be the truth. Mm-hmm. And he says a calming word, hey, don't, don't be afraid about whatever the dream mm-hmm. and its interpretation means. Mm-hmm. And then the flip of that, which is even cooler is that when Daniel responds, this is how he responds to the king who's tried to murder him, mm. right? Like, and his friends multiple times. <laughs> this is his response. My Lord, may the dream concern someone else. May it be for your enemies. In other words, king, this is bad news and I wish it wasn't for you. Yeah, wow. And this is what the love of God will do in your life. Yes. It transforms you to be in a place where you can love those who hate you. Yes. You can love those who persecute you. Doesn't mean you approve of what they're doing, Mm. but it means that you can extend compassion and grace towards them in the hopes that they too will also be Mm. saved. And I love that. You see that come through so strong in that verse. This reminds me of of when Paul writes, be in the world but not of the world. Mm. And this idea of, like, I think people take that 
be not of the world and they they really take that to heart which is a good thing but they can take it a little bit too far where it's like oh man i need to it's particularly christians we're gonna be like oh man i really need to avoid the world um i need to get away from the world um because it's going to corrupt me but what we see here with daniel and i think something that's really a really valuable lesson to us is that there's like a friendship relationship going on here between Daniel and between Nebuchadnezzar of, like, as we've said, Nebuchadnezzar is like a pagan king, um, yet Daniel is willing to extend that helping hand to help him and, and to respond in, in that way to say, oh, man, I wish this wasn't about you. He's empathizing with Nebuchadnezzar. He's treating Nebuchadnezzar as someone who's close to him, which is, you know, um, indicative of the friendship relationship that they have. And I think that, yeah, it's just, I think it's so important for us to, to just be there for people no matter totally. who they are, no matter where they're coming from and, and um, empathizing because ultimately, yeah, like whether we're, you know, in the kingdom or out of the kingdom, like we're all humans and we're all under the penalty of sin and we all go through the struggles of sin and the struggles of the world. And it's like, oh man, let's, rather than condemn people, let's empathize. And that's what we're seeing here with Daniel, which is so good. Totally. Um, One other thing to note here is that it's no longer in the first person. Nebuchadnezzar is no longer speaking about this part of the story because what's going to take place in the next part is a part where Nebuchadnezzar was not in his right mind. So let's keep <laughs> reading. Let's read verse 20 through 25. Oh, we'll see. I might have to interrupt you if we have to go to the break. So okay, read 20 sure. to 25. Um, the tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant in which all was food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt and in which branches the birds of the heavens had their home it is you o king who have grown and become strong for your greatness has grown to the reaches of the heavens and your dominion to the end of the earth and inasmuch as you the king saw a watcher a holy one coming down from heaven saying chop down the tree and destroy it but its leaves and its um, stump and its roots um, but leave its stump and its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze uh, with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the King. They shall drive you from men. Ooh. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall make... Uh, he, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven. Seven times you shall pass. Seven times shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever He chooses. Whoa, that's like that's a heavy pronouncement. Basically, He's like, this is what the interpretation is. You're the tree, bro, and what's going to happen is that. You're going to lose your sensibility. You're going to wander around like a crazy person. You're going to be eating field food like the cattle does. Yeah. And this is going to happen for seven times or seven years. This is going to be your position. King of the world, you're going to be like a cow losing your mind in the field. And that's where we're going to leave it for a moment. This is The Corner Room, Psalm 127.
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and, well, it, it was Robbie and Lawson, but he's walked out of the room for a, a break of some sort. I don't know where he went, so you might be hearing me read. So just a quick reminder that you can call in with any questions of the day, uh, 1-800-324-843, that's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can text in at 0491-064-669, or you can hit us up on our Facebook page at Faith FM Australia. And it is now officially the Robbie and Lawson 
hosted show. Yo, what He's up? back. <laughs> All right, so we are up to Daniel chapter 4 and verse 26. Go ahead and read that for us. If oh, you do. yeah. Daniel chapter 4. You, you verse... just saved them from hearing my reading voice. <laughs> Daniel chapter 4, verse 26. The Bible says, And inasmuch as they gave you command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you. After you come to know that heaven rules. Oh, and 27, sorry. Oh, yeah. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All right. So basically, he rounds all of this up by saying in the interpretation, dude, (laughs) yeah, please take my advice, right? Rather than you being like a wild animal and running around having lost your mind, Mm. why don't you repent of your sins? Turn from the unrighteousness that you're doing. Care for the orphans. Care for the widows. Make changes in your kingdom so that you're not operating oppressively. Mm. And instead of this, maybe God will have mercy on you. Mm. I really love this because it it shows us the, the really important principle in Bible prophecy of conditionality. Um, specifically, if we look at this prophecy from Daniel as well, we have what we call like end time apocalyptic prophecy, which is in 99% of cases, non-conditional. Mm. So it's like, God is like, I'm declaring to you what will happen in the latter days. Da, 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 da. Whereas this, when he's speaking specifically to a person, this makes me think of someone like Jonah, for example. Um, this makes me think of someone like um, when when God comes down and speaks to Lot and his wife, you know, like when God has communication with his prophets on earth, it's like there's often a conditionality to it. And we're seeing that with Nebuchadnezzar here, which is just really, really important principle because it clears up some like unjust claims that people make about contradictions in the Bible. But here, yeah, Daniel's just like, look, this doesn't have to come upon you, man. Like, Isn't that amazing? Chill out, yeah. Right, he's like, look, if you repent now, then this won't have to happen. Yeah. Right? God's not going to come and just punish you for nothing. Mm. Right? Like, the, And what's amazing about this, and I think this is so, so important to remember, is that sometimes God brings negative consequences, allows negative consequences for the very sake of saving the person yes. who's receiving them. Mm. All right, so... What else is interesting, he says, he says, then this is crazy. God's actually going to preserve your kingdom for those seven years so that you will not be put to death, so that your kingdom won't be taken from you by mm. some other, uh, you know, sedition or some other person who's, yeah, sure. who's coming to usurp your throne. He's, this is astounding because think about this. Who's kind of like the guy in charge right now? Never Probably like Daniel. Oh, who's going to yeah. be left in charge? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Daniel. Oh, yeah, yeah, as the prime minister of the province of Babylon. Right? Yeah. Like there's a very good chance. Like Daniel could put himself into a position here where he actually tries and takes over or supports mm-hmm. the, 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 the raising up of another king if this were to take place. Wow. But he's actually standing up for King Nebuchadnezzar and saying, hey, dude, you should repent so that this doesn't have to happen. That in and of itself is an incredible promise. Like speaking just politically for the day, like these emperors were so, so anxious and self-conscious. Like you look at the the actions of Nabonidus, um, Nebuchadnezzar's, you know, successor and stuff like they were just like self-conscious freaks because they were so scared of being backstabbed by someone in their cabinet by being you know like whereas daniel straight up's like oh no and in that time like god will preserve you it's amazing what a promise seven years that's a merciful thing too as well right amazing which just highlights the point that god's not doing this for the sake of destroying him but for the sake of saving him wow powerful all right let's read 28 through 33 
and we're going to have to zoom through the rest of this. Yes. All right. Let's go. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12 months. Um, at the end of 12 months, uh, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour... The word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Crazy, right? So (laughs) after all of this intervention, God's given him a dream, a miraculous dream. Daniel interprets the dream. He knows that this is true. After all of that, he seems to kind of sort himself out for 12 months and then Boom, his pride comes out and he's like, look at this great kingdom that I have made. Look at mm. my majesty. Mm. And at this point, he hears a voice from heaven saying, well, it's time. Yeah. time. You're going to spend seven years living like a cow out in the herd. And that's what he does. Mm. That's what he does. So let's keep reading because the rest of this story, I think, is just spectacular. So notice what happens in verse 34. Yes. Notice the change of voice. So. Mm. Basically, between this verse and the next verse, literally seven years take place. And I just wonder how much Daniel actually would have had to do to preserve Nebuchadnezzar's life against mm. those who would usurp his throne, wow. to maintain his kingdom. And to, he does all of this and preserves this from whatever ability he's got mm. and supports King Nebuchadnezzar during this time. He's faithful to God and doesn't build up his own empire. Oh, that's Mind-blowing. amazing. All right, so let's keep reading. Verse 34, And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the ha- the inhabitants of the earth no one can restrain his hand or say to him what have you done wow what a change right he's just straight up learned his lesson like, isn't that amazing oh, awesome. took seven years of being crazy and living yeah. out in the bush right well out in the paddock anyway yeah check this out though mm. so we've so he's had a conversion mm. and this is so amazing and we're, i don't want to make too many comments until we keep reading but just think about how the last two chapters have ended. Praise Daniel's God. Offer incense to Daniel. Mm-hmm. Chapter three, praise the God of heaven and anyone who speaks bad about him, I'm going to kill. Mm. Right? Now check out what he writes here. Mm. At the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all for whose works are truth and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Woo! Right? Like, this is so profound. Yeah. It's so profound that I think maybe, maybe, maybe people have missed it. Mm. This is the emperor of the world. Yes. He's in 
power because of birth. He's in power because of military might. He's mm. in power because of conquering and destroying other nations, including the one that claims this God to be the God of the universe. Mm. And this man has been pursued by God all the way from chapter one through chapter four for mm. years. Mm. God has worked miraculously in this man's life who does not claim to follow the mm. true God. And his journey was not a journey of overnight yeah, well. conversion. Mm. It happens over years, years of God revealing himself and him responding and then not responding. But here, ultimately, God has won out the faithfulness of Nebuchadnezzar. And I love this because look at this, man. We can expect to see King Nebuchadnezzar based on what we know here in yeah. heaven, mm. right? Who was the equivalent of, you know, pick, pick a, uh, you know, a totalitarian leader in history, right? <laughs> Yeah. But he was converted. Wow. He was changed because of the love that God showed to him, the patience. And in this way, he actually showed his love to him in a way that we would probably not consider to be that loving. Mm. He gave him a warning cry, yeah, and wow. he gave him consequences for his actions. And mm. it was in the midst of the consequences that Nebuchadnezzar actually responded to God's grace. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And, it, and it's, it's now a personal reality. It's, it's intrinsic to Nebuchadnezzar. It's, it's a lesson that he's learned for himself Oof. that he is worshiping God for. As like we've seen in chapter two and chapter three, this is kind of something that's, that he has acknowledged externally, um, but clearly not intrinsically because it's like he's still walking in his old ways. But this is like this kind of step that he's taken is acknowledging God like the way that, that Jesus did. He's like, wow, like God is my father. Like God is a part of my life. God is working in my heart. Like, and that's what he acknowledges where he's like, and those who walk in pride, he's able to put down. He, he acknowledges that because it's like, this has been my journey. This has been my testimony. This is how the Lord has worked in my life. Not just like, oh, God did something cool for them. God did something cool for these guys. God did something cool for Daniel and his friends. It's like, no, God has done something amazing for me. Isn't that amazing? Because he's not living off of Daniel's faith anymore. He's living off of his own Amen. personal faith. And that's what all of us are called to do. Mm. This is Marletta Fong, Better Than I. I put up a fight 
was standing tall When everyone else was hitting the floor They were following God instead of following men Bringing glory to God was their number one plan And they said even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God and stand today Stand up, stand up, no matter the feeling Stand up, stand up, no matter the fall Stand up, stand up, when everyone sits Stand up, stand up, and live for the Lord Daniel and his friends ate vegetables And everyone else was eating junk food And after ten days they were so fine. so fine Obeying God's law will make you shine They said we purposed in our hearts to only eat The foods that God has said to eat Stand up, stand up Like Daniel Rackshack and Benny too Who will stand for the right Though the heavens fall Following God's word And giving their all And we say Even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God And stand Hey, Robbie, mate, guess what time it is? What time is it? It is time for... Question of the Day. Oh, I love you, Liam. That was great. <laughs> for those of you that don't so know, awesome. Liam is uh, our awesome producer. He's the one who catches all my flack and Ooh. looks at me with death stares when I say <laughs> say jokes that I shouldn't probably say to him or something. I don't know. She's gone. When he's offended. But he's a good lad. He's a good lad. I'll do my best. All right, so we have a question that's come in, so thank you for that question. This question's from Darren. And the question is this, I believe that predestination refers to God bringing into glory, so predestination, all those who receive eternal life through faith in Jesus, and that it teaches us about who gets glorified, not who gets justified. My Calvinist brothers and sisters disagree, and the question is, well, what do Adventists believe, and what is our position on that? Mm. So... First of all, what is predestination? Um, predestination is essentially the belief that God has like mapped out everything from the beginning. It's like that God um, is the one who chooses everything to happen as it is, and every choice that we make is essentially already be made for us by God. God has mapped us out, mapped it out, so that we have made the choices that He has decided to make. We're predestined to do what God wants to do. All right, so that's the idea of predestination, that what we are going to choose is predetermined for us. Mm. Now, there are some challenges with this position, and there are a couple of Bible verses that use this term, and the question is, well, what does it really mean? Mm -hmm. So take us away, Lawson. Yeah, um, I think 
let's let's start by going to Ephesians. We're going to go to Ephesians and then flick to Timothy and then back to Ephesians. So let's go to Ephesians chapter one, um, verses. Um, three to five, because this is where the Bible specifically touches on the topic, where, where it uses the language predestination or predestined. So it's good to go here and just to see, um, starting in verse three, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good, uh, to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now, this is like quite technical. This is Paul being very, very, very poetic in his writing, writing very beautifully. But essentially what this is communicating is that like God has like it says is predestined he's like made the ability for everyone to be saved and he's predestined those who would be saved to be saved like this is this is what it's really really getting at it's like um he chose us in um in him before the foundation of the world so it's like jesus died so that people could be saved and those who have been saved um god knew would be saved in a sense like if 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 you guys are tracking along with me, it's like, though yeah, those who have been saved, God knew would be saved because Jesus, you know, they made the the Father, Son, Holy Spirit made the decision before the foundation of the world to save people, mm. and those who are saved, God knew would be saved. Now this word predestined come up, you know, predestined to adoption. It's like, oh man, like okay, so does that mean that God made the decision? for those who have been saved to be saved. Like it was it was God's decision to save some people and not others. Um, because the, this infers if it's like he's predestined us to sons of adoption, then there were people that wouldn't be predestined to sons of adoption. Like there would, people who, there would be people who aren't predestined to be saved. Um, now to reconcile this, we just have to say, we just have to think and ask the question, who does God want to be saved? If the Bible says he predestines those who are saved to be saved, who does God want to be saved? All um, people, right? And this is where we find, this is where we go to 1 Timothy chapter uh, 2, and we just read verse 3 and 4, and the Bible says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Mm. So it's like, if God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, and he's predestined those who have been saved to be saved, well then, shouldn't all men be saved? Isn't that what the logical conclusion of that? And this is where this argument comes up of predestination and, and what we're really talking about here. It's like, God is predest- God wants all men to be saved, and he predestines those who have been saved to be saved, so therefore all men would be predestined. Yet, we know that clearly from the bible not all men will be saved do you have a, a thought on this robbie or um how, yeah, we, how I think, we tracking oh we're going good <laughs> no thank you for your thoughts i think one thing that comes to my mind is there's another passage in second peter 3 verse 9 where mm. god says well, well sorry the bible says that god is not slack concerning his promise regarding the day of judgment regarding the mm. second coming of jesus etc but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should, should perish, should perish should but that perish. all should come to repentance. repentance. Now, the key here is that there's options for choice. Mm-hmm. 
the distinct difference between the Calvinist position and the Adventist position and many other Protestant positions is simply that the challenge with the idea that predestination means that someone was chosen before they ever made decisions eliminates their opportunity to make decisions and be responsible for saying yes or saying no. Mm. So there's a lot of theological words that get thrown around. There's a word that mean, called prevenient grace, which means that God gives grace Heavy. before you make a decision. And what that means is that our ability to make a decision to say yes or to say no is, is in fact itself a gift of grace. Mm. Um, so there's a bunch of passages that talk about predestination. Uh, well, not a bunch. There's like three. <laughs> But often the context is, is the same. Uh, Romans 8 verse 29 says, it'll, where this word is also used, it says, For whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the images of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Mm-hmm. Moreover, now here's a key, moreover whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified, or means made right. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Mm. Now, the word glorified, for those that are not familiar with that term, is the word that's used to describe what happens when Jesus returns and he resurrects the righteous who have been saved and have Mm -hmm. died, those who are alive when Jesus comes, who get given new bodies, Mm. sinless bodies that we'll live in for eternity. That's what glorified means, right? Mm. Given a new sinless body. And so what I wanted to draw out of this is the point that predestination here in this in Paul's thinking comes before being called. Mm. It comes before being justified. It mm. comes before being glorified. And we would understand that sanctification obviously takes place in there as well, which is, is to be made renewed into the image of God. Mm. So the idea that I'm trying to portray here is essentially that God is predestined all to have the opportunity to be saved. Yes. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. What we're not in agreement with with Calvin is that we do not have a choice about that matter. Mm-hmm. Our position, the biblical position, I believe, is that all human beings have been given enough grace to be able to be saved through the blood of Jesus, mm. and we have the opportunity to choose to respond yes or no to God's grace. Yes. That's how I would summarize Amen. that up. So thank you so much for your question, Darren. We love having questions come in, and uh, this is Carly Fletcher, Unfathomable.
That was Carly Fletcher, unfathomable, and she's actually a she's a local lady. Yeah, and um, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dob you in. That was, oh wow! Oh, okay. that was Lawson on some backing vocals there, actually. <laughs> Another local guy. Um, but yeah, welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Lawson. Mm, this is uh, we're just wow, what a great show! It's been a real great time. Um, I think there's been just some really profound lessons that are worth mm. drawing out of this study. Yes, um, it's so amazing to me that we see from chapter one through chapter four, which is four of the six narrative chapters of the book of mm-hmm. Daniel are really the story of God reaching out, not just to save Daniel, not just to save his mm-hmm. friends, but actually wow. reaching out to save King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that Daniel and his friends had this relationship with Jesus, I think is a pretty good indicator that they were walking with God beforehand, mm-hmm. right? But Nebuchadnezzar wasn't. Mm-hmm. 
And God was in the pursuit of Nebuchadnezzar through these four chapters. And what's amazing is that this person who was a person who was rich, who was powerful, who had everything that the world thinks it would be nice to have, and yet this person realizes and recognizes that what he really has is nothing Wow! Mm. if he doesn't have God. Mm. And I love that because God's in the business of saving people, and it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, whether you're sober or addicted, whether you have a colored past or a clean-looking mm. past to the modern eye. The reality is God can save you. Mm. And God's interested in your salvation. He wants to walk with you. Mm. And I love that that comes out of this chapter. Any other things that you wanted to draw to that chapter, Lawson? Yeah, I think another dis- like a distinguish, uh, dis- disting- distinguishing um, characteristic that happened, you know, between Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar that they were kind of dealing with was this whole idea of like Jewish and non-Jewish and pagan and 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 non-pagan um, that. God really used Daniel to cross cultures and to cross boundaries in the worst of situations too. That's right. Like, I think it's it's a testament to how God can use someone from the beginning of Daniel's journey um, as a teenage kid who... Lost everything, ha- Lost right? everything. Lost like, his identity. Oh, man, it's, it's heavy. So relatable. Like, you read that... Um, yeah, you you read that passage and it's just like, man, like he's been through everything, yet him standing up for truth led to the conversion of such a great and influential man. And, and then that has a trickle-down effect through history. Yes, it does. Through time. And it just shows us like the power of one witness can have not only on the, the such a personal and small life of a person, but then also on the grand narrative of our world and it's just amazing to see totally it's such a beautiful thing and i love what you say there because the reality is that one person's conversion Mm. never is just one person's conversion no it's not right the very nature of the first two verses that we read and i'll just read i'll read it again he says i thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high god has worked for me Mm. right the simple fact is when God reaches into your life and transforms your life, when he shows up in a real way and speaks into your identity, speaks into your value, changes the direction and the trajectory of your life, when he fills the void, he's got a plan for you and he reveals that, the outcome is always the same in this sense. Hmm. It always results in leading other people yes. to who God is. It mm-hmm. always results in declaring the goodness and the grace, wow. the mercy, the justice of the God who is and was and is to come, whose name is Jesus. And and this is like, Nebuchadnezzar's story is now immortalized in Scripture, and I'm sure that there's been so many people who have read the Bible, who have related to this, who have had a struggle with pride, but then have overcome it by the grace of God, and who will see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven and be like, bro, like your story changed my life. That's right, man. Oh. And isn't it powerful? Isn't that what every person who follows Jesus would love to hear? Mm. Oh, man, it's been a great show, and we just want to remind you that you can call in and get more information, and just remember that real faith is lived faith. But here's to hoping that somehow something good's around the bend. Lately, your room's been darker than it used to be. The fight is harder than it needs to be. 
patient's calm With gifts for you 